Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. message on relationships uh, in this series at least um, called, you know, if you've lost that love and feeling um, and it's going to be good. I may wear a silk robe up here or something, Um, but it's going to be really, really good. Um, Hey guys, I don't know if you guys can help me in the sound booth, but my voice is just barely hanging on this morning. It's my own fault, but if you can kind of bump me just a little bit, you guys are probably like, really? Um, but it is, it's, it's getting there. I'm getting ready to sound like Barry White and get real raspy. Um, if only my voice was that sexy. But today, I want to talk to you about if I had only communicated, if I had only communicated, and today is way bigger than just about marriage. Um, Communication is a key aspect in every single relationship we have. Whether it is a parent-child relationship, whether it is a friendship, whether it is dating, engaged, you better believe it, married, um, even at work, communication is huge. It It is a big, big part. And a lot of us, we are lousy at it, right? We're not good at it. We say the wrong thing. In fact, I, I came upon the scripture uh, Friday, and I didn't put it in, up in, the, in, in my slides for today, but Proverbs 18, verse 6 through 7, out of the New Living Translation, says this. And guys, some of you, you have been there. I'm going to put this one on the men. Fool's words get them into constant quarrels. I love this part. They are asking for a beating. Um, You've been there. You know, you're like, yeah, I should be beat for that. Um, The mouths of fools are their ruin, and they trap themselves with their lips. Is that not so true? You have said something. it, It went out of your mouth, and you were like, oh, no. I just said that. You knew you shouldn't have said it, and you said it, and you were trapped, because there's no going back. Once you let it out, it ain't no getting it back in, and you trapped yourself, and you deserved a beating, and yet your wife was still merciful to you. Um, Teenagers, you said something, and you deserved a beating, and yet your parents were graceful and and kind to you, but here's the deal is that A lot of us in this place, we struggle when it comes to communicating in our relationships. Um, I have never, ever, ever heard this as a pastor. I've never heard of a marriage ending in divorce, a parent-child relationship being super, super strained, a, a, a friendship ending, and the reason being, well, you know, we just really communicated really, really well. Um, our communication was spot on. You know, we've talked about the good things, the hard things. Um, you know, there was over communication in our marriage. And I mean, we just had no, you know, we had no problems communicating. And so it just kind of destroyed our marriage. No, 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 no. That doesn't happen, right? 
But the opposite happens all the time. We come to a place where if we're not careful, we don't even know how to talk to one another anymore. If we're not careful, we've just talked about all the surface things instead of the meaningful things, and we talked about a bunch of nothing without communicating about something. There, there's a big part of communication that is lacking in, all, in, in every one of our relationships, in our friendships, in, with our parents and our children, in the marriage relationship, man, communication is lacking. And, and here's why communication is such a big deal. It's because communication only happens when two people are participating. It's not enough for one person to communicate both of you have to be listening and speaking, listening and speaking. And so communication takes two people actually trying to communicate. And like I talked about last week, it's more than just talking. Communication is way more involved, and so we're going to get into that. But where there's a lack of communication, here's what I want us to understand, our first point. When there's a shortage of communication, there is a surplus of confusion. When there is shortage when there's a shortage of communication, there is a surplus of confusion. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have ever played this game, Watch Y'all Mouth. Um, some of you, you probably have seen it. I have washed all these, but you put this thing in your mouth, and then you try to say a phrase. So I'm going to attempt that this very morning. I'm going to draw a random card, and here we go. You have to guess it. <laughs> Melted. Huh? Melted. Miniature. Marshmallows. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, my first one we ever did, no lie, we were playing this at the house, and I had wiener. Uh, Wienermobile, okay? And I said it like I was German. I went, Wienermobile. <laughs> Here's the deal. We can play games like this, and it's hilarious, right? Because you can hardly understand what the person's saying. You're laughing, and it cuts into your gums, and it's just, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to listen to. It's fun to participate, and there's all this confusion. It's fun when it's a game, but it's not fun when it's life. And many of us, this is life. We don't understand what our kids are saying to us. We don't understand what our parents are saying to us. We don't understand what our spouse is saying to us. We don't understand what our friends are saying to us. And there is confusion. And as a result, there's a ton of frustration that is happening in our relationships. And your marriage is on life support. Man, there's some of you, you're not even talking to your kids or your kids aren't talking to you because there was too much confusion that led to dysfunction. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says this, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. And I want us to stop just for a second because I never want to take a scripture out of context. I really try not to do this. And this scripture has been taken out of context several, several times. This is not talking necessarily about your marriage. This is talking about the church service in general. And it's talking about there was a bunch of people getting up and speaking in tongues. None of the like unbelievers knew what was going on. They were like, 
like, what's happening here? And it was just causing all this disarray, all this disorder. And Paul's saying, hey, there's a time and place for the spiritual gifts to be activated in the church. And I believe there's a time and place for all the spiritual gifts to be activated in the church today. So if you think this is a speaking in tongues hate message, it's not that at all. Listen to it all. But, but here's this. Hear, hear me on this. If God care, this is what I truly believe. If God cares enough to make sure that the church is in order and that there's not confusion, how much more does he want that for your relationships? How much more does he want that in your marriage? And I believe God is not the author of confusion. In fact, if you go back to the Old Testament and you start really diving into the Old Testament, he used confusion as a weapon against Israel's armies. He would send a spirit of confusion on the armies that Israel was getting ready to battle, and all of a sudden, these guys that were supposed to be fighting for one another turned on each other and destroyed them, and Israel just kind of galloped in because God did all the rest. And here's the deal. That's how confusion works. The very people you should be fighting for, you begin fighting with when confusion sets in. And I got to tell you, some of you, you have not been fighting for your relationships. You've not been fighting for your marriage. You've not been fighting for your kids. You've not been fighting for your parents, for your friendships. You've just been fighting with them. And it's because we've allowed confusion to come in. Because here's the deal about confusion. Confusion never just stays confusion. Ref confusion turns into frustration. And after a while, after frustration sits there, and we're not communicating about our frustration because communication has broken down, frustration turns into resentment, right? We start resenting the other person. Well, they should, they should know better. Well, how should they know better? You're not telling them anything. And we start resenting that person and we start making decisions to spite them, to get even with them. We start making bad decisions based on confusion. It all started out with confusion. So here's the deal. Here, he, this is why communication is such a huge, huge Deal. So, so how do we get out of the place where there's not a lack of communication, but there's an abundance of communication? So instead of confusion, we have direction. Instead of confusion, we have clarity. Well, I got to tell you, there's, there's no easy fix, and your fix is going to be different than my fix. But I will tell you this, it's our second point. You've got to find out your formula for healthy communication. You've got to find out your formula for healthy communication. In other words, going back to last week's message, we talked about if I had only showed up, if I had only put effort in. You got to put work in to start communicating. You got to roll your sleeves up. You got to get back into the lab of relationships, right? And you got to learn to communicate to that person you are sleeping next to. You've got to learn to communicate to your child when they are a teenager, right? We like communication breaks down, parents, when kids become teenagers. Why? Because we still expect that teenager, that child, to, to kind of function in our world instead of us learning to take the lead and be the parent and function in theirs. And as a parent, you've got to learn to connect with your kid, not them necessarily learn to connect with you. I got to tell you, this is hard right now for me. 
I've got a 13-year-old daughter, Charlie. She's here. I'm trying not to embarrass her right now. So forgive me, Charlie, because I did not ask you if I could tell you this. So I'll give you $10 if it's not okay. Um, but you have to tell the truth. Charlie loves books, loves to read. Like, you come to my house, she's reading all the time. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Charlie almost gets sad. No, she does get sad when school is over with because she misses school. Not the friends at school, school. And I'm like, why? <laughs> she makes straight A's, and she's in the national, well, she's, applied to be in the National Junior Honor Society right now. And I'm like, how? You know, I don't, I, it's a total different function to me. And so you know what I don't do? I don't make Charlie, hey, Charlie, let's, let's, I, I try this, but it never works. Hey, let's watch the NBA. Let's watch, let's watch football. And she'll watch it every once in a while. But what I've got to do is start learning to get into her world. I've got to roll up my sleeves because the way she communicated when she was eight is not the way she communicates when she's 13, when she's 16, when she's 16 and a half, when she's 16 and three quarters. I mean, it's going to be different. And couples, some of you, you want to communicate like you did when you were dating, right? But you didn't have a job back then. You could communicate anytime you wanted to. You communicate, you were like, hey girl, I'll call you after nine so I don't use all my prime minutes. You know, you, communication has changed. Communication has changed. But you want to function in the way you have communicated when you were dating, but that doesn't work any longer. You got to get back in the lab. You got to roll up your sleeves and start figuring out, man, what's the secret spice? What's the secret formula for me communicating in my relationships? Because if my relationships are constantly changing, then I've got to be constantly changing in those relationships. So let me give you three things that these are kind of Casey and I's formula, some baseline formula ingredients that we put in our relationships that you can still, man, you can take some of these, but you may need to put something else different, but it at least gives you a starting point. The first one is this, be an understanding listener instead of a responsive hearer. Be an understanding listener instead of a responsive hearer. I got to tell you, I stink at this. Okay, I, I am a student with you today. This sermon worked me over this point all week long. Most of us, we are listening to respond instead of listening to understand. And really, you can't call it listening. We are hearing to respond because we are, when you're responsive, you're figuring out your angle. When you're listening, you're hearing their viewpoint. There's a big difference. And a lot of times, even with my kids, I become selfish and I become a responsive hearer. And how selfish of me to listen to them and not try to understand their viewpoint, not to understand where they're coming from, not to understand their feelings. Men, we become responsive fixers, right? We're like a first responder in our relationships. Your wife doesn't want a first responder. She just wants you to feel with her. Just feel with me. Why? <laughs> but I know how to fix it. I don't want you to, but I know it doesn't make sense. This is the difference between a man and a woman, but I can fix it. If you just do, just shut up and listen. And I'm awful at this. And I got three girls. 
Are you a responsive hearer or are you an understanding listener? Because this is where communication really happens. It's when you take the time to listen instead of talk. When you take the time to listen instead of to respond. James 1, verse 19 through 20, we, and we know this verse. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. We all know this part. Check out verse 20. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. How do we get angry? Well, human anger erupts when we speak first instead of listening first. When we become a lot better at speaking than we are at listening, we get angry a whole lot more. And you and I are called to be understanding listeners instead of responsive hearers. There, there are times where you just got to hold it in. Check this out, Proverbs 18, verses 2 and verses 13. And I would challenge all of you, all you couples, every single person in this place, from parent to child to teenager, every single one, read Proverbs 18. It talks about communication all over it. Read it. But Proverbs 18, verses 2 and verses 13 says, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Woo! Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. That should just say, Justin, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. So here's what I have to do. Casey and I will be in a conversation. We will have talks that she calls to Justin, talks to him like, hey, we need to, we need to talk. She's like, uh... Because believe it or not, I'm the talker. Surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> and we get in, and I will say something. Casey will say something, or Casey will bring something up. And I, I, I've, I've got the, I, I'm like, oh, I, I know. I know exactly what's wrong, and I know how to fix this and show you all the errors of your ways. You know, I, I know where you went wrong on this, Casey, and you think this, but this is reality, right? <laughs> and I've got a response that I just have to, like, I want to say something while she's still talking. I had to go, oh, hmm. And she looks at me, and I'm like, go ahead. Hmm. <laughs> and she's like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, go ahead. <laughs> because I'm trying to hear her point of view. And it takes, listen. <laughs> it takes hard work work to become a listener. It doesn't just happen. If you're real good at talking, chances are you're really bad at listening. It's true. If, I'm about to get in trouble, but just God help me. If he is for me, who can be against me? Wives, if your husband never talks to you, try listening instead of talking. Because talking is not communicating. And if we're talking more than we're asking questions, we failed to stay a student of our spouse, a student of our kids. Are you talking more than you're asking? Right? And if you're not willing to listen, don't ask. But how selfish of us not to take interest in those that we're around. Be an understanding listener 
instead of a reactive here. The second thing is this, the second part of the formula, and I gotta keep moving, I'm sorry. Use the right words, use the right words, right? Right words equals the right tone, okay? Um, we know right words with the wrong tone means jack squat. Do you know um, <laughs> 60 to 90% of all communication is body language and tone? 60 to 90% of all communication is body language and tone. So I can tell Casey I love her, but if I don't say it like, babe, I love you, and I'm making eye contact, I can be like, I love you. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I, this is my favorite one. Sorry, okay, sorry, God. I, I said it, there, are you happy? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you know, you got the big bug eyes. Like, like I, got, I get the big eyes when I'm like angry. Like, I don't, I don't usually like raise my tone. My, everybody's like, your eyes are about to pop out of your head, large Marge. Like put them back in. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman just referenced there. Sorry, going back to my roots. Um, like stop, stop. Right words means right tone. And, and hear me, man, there may be a time where you've got to text and you've got to email because communication has gotten, back, gotten so bad, but you've got to learn to talk. Because we retone in every text. Casey can send me a text in all caps, when are you coming home? And she could be excited and I can be like, stop bugging me. I'll get home when I'm done work, trying to work here, you know? And, and she doesn't do that, but I'm gonna interpret it that way. She's more like, yeah, excited. You get to come home. I'm like, leave me alone, woman. We always retone into text. And so if you're a texter, if you're an emailer, hear me. Man, you've got to gradually move from texting and emailing and have the courage to have the conversation face-to-face -face. because you need to see their body language and they need to see yours more importantly. Here's what the Bible says. Psalms 19 verse 14 says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. A lot of us say, well, I'm just not the talking type. I'm just not the ooey gooey mushy type. No, that's where you've settled at because we believe growing equals changing, right? We're becoming more like him. And so Jesus said it this way, Luke chapter six, verse 44 through 45, a tree is identified by its fruit Figs are neither gathered by thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from a treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Hear this. This is Jesus. What you say flows from what's in your heart. A right heart is the birthing place of right words. A right heart, is the, that is where the right words are birthed from. And if you, here's what Jesus is saying. If you keep saying the wrong things, it's not a word problem. It's not a mouth problem. It's a heart problem. And if he was a redneck, he'd say it this way. If your words ain't right, your heart ain't right. Right? It's a lot deeper than the wrong words. It's a lot deeper than a cutting remark. It's a lot deeper than being sarcastic. It's a lot deeper than just being cutthroat. It's no, 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 no. Your, your heart, there's a heart problem here because from the abundance of the heart, from the source of your heart is where the words are coming from. So how's your heart? 
Are your words right? And your heart's right. But if your words are wrong, hear me, then there needs to be some work on our heart. The third thing I would tell you is this for our formula is timing is everything. Timing is everything. Proverbs 25, 11, the right word spoken at the right time is as beautiful as gold apples in a silver bowl. I have a hard time saying that, silver bowl. Um, the right word spoken at the right time is as beautiful as gold apples in a silver bowl. Your words aren't just meant to tear up, I mean, build up and tear down. But when you allow patience, when you allow self-control to bring correction, to bring encouragement, man, to bring awareness, it has meaning. It ha that's what this is saying, man. It has value, it's got weight. Your words have weight, and I want to have weighty words. <laughs> I want my words to have value, to have meaning, and the only way my words have meaning isn't just to say the right words, but it's to find the right time, the right environment, the right moment, to bring the right correction, to bring the right statement, to bring the right encouragement, because then it's received at the right time. Because here's what I'll tell you, it's our last point about wisdom is this. No, I mean, about, about communication is this. Nothing gets solved by communication alone. Act on what is being communicated. We can talk about communication all day. Right? This, this, honestly, this is a series. <laughs> and I'm just trying to throw it out as quick as I can. You can get great at communicating your needs. You can get great at communicating your expectations because... An, uh, an uncommunicated expectation is an unrealistic expectation. I've said it a ton, a ton of times. So many of us, we have expectations that we never communicate, and as a result, it's unrealistic. It will never get met because you've never communicated about it. But hear me, some of us know the needs, but nothing's happened. You know what your kid needs, you know what your parent needs, you know what your spouse needs, They've communicated, you, you know it, right? We, we know this stuff. But we don't act, like on, act on it. And as a result, nothing changes. I love, I love what 1 John says. In chapter three, verse 18, it says, my children, our love should not be just words and talk. It must be true love which shows itself in action. Not just talk, mere talk in words, but man, true love shows itself in action. It's what, what is being communicated, is it being acted on? Is there action following the communication? Because I say this all the time when it comes to our walk with Christ, but it's true in our relationships as well. Man, information plus application, when those meet, that brings transformation. That's the transforming, changing point. And some of us, now we know we've got the information we've been communicated with but now there needs to be the app. There's got to be action because communication on its own doesn't change anything. In fact, um, this past Tuesday night, 
it got cold. It kind of warmed up, got cold, bipolar weather. We all are from Oklahoma. We understand it. And um, it got really, really cold. And Casey's like, hey, a cold front's moving in tonight. Can you check that the thermostat is set on heat for 67 degrees? I go, you got it, lady. Um, and I went, checked the thermostat, 67, 67. Boom, went to bed. We're all good. We woke up the next morning, and it is freezing cold in our house. Um, it's like 59 degrees in our house. And Casey's like, why is it so cold? Um, you know, she's, she's waking up and she's got blankets and robes and sweats and she's like, it's so cold. What happened? I'm like, I don't know. I saw that it was 67 and it was set on 67. It should be 67. Something must be wrong with our heater. And she went and checked and said, Justin, you didn't put it on heat. <laughs> Who turns it off heat in the middle of the winter? You know, I'm like, why should it not be on heat? You didn't say to put it on heat. I just did what you said, right? And I went and I was going, I heard what was said, but I didn't put it in full action. And as a result, things were cold. <laughs> and things were chilly in a lot of ways. Um, but the same's true in our life. We know what to do. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. We know what to do, but when we don't do it, things grow cold. Relationships grow cold. And some of you, if you're in a cold relationship, friendships have grown cold. Work, workplace environment has grown cold. Your marriage, man, you're more roommates than you are spouses. It's grown cold. But you know what to do. You know to communicate. Now be doers of the word. And don't just communicate. Don't just tell them what your need is. Don't just tell them what your expectations is. Don't just talk to your parents. Don't just listen to your kids. Don't just talk to your kids. Don't just listen to your parents. Don't just talk to your friend. Don't just listen to your friend. But... Let that communication meet action and all of a sudden there's transformation that is happening in the area of your relationships because my goal, my goal as your pastor is this, is that not one of our relationships, not one of our marriages would be spent saying the phrase, man, if I had only communicated, if I'd only learned what I should have done, what I needed to do, but let's be doers. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. God, I, I, man, I thank you for what you are doing in the lives and hearts of your people here at Foundation Church. And Lord, I ask that in this place, man, you would speak to our lives. Lord, some of us, there's a breakdown of communication and there is a surplus of confusion. Lord, some of us, the reality is in, in all kinds of different areas of relationships, we just gotta get back and figure out a formula with our spouse, with our kids, with our parents, with our friends, with the workplace, with the boss, with the employee, Lord, with the coworker, whatever it may be. Lord, there's, there's been a breakdown of communication and we gotta go back in and we gotta put work in. Lord, I pray that in this place we would be a lot better at listening than we are at responding. God, we'd use the right words, 
Man, we'd have the right timing, and as a result of all that communication coming and colliding together, God, that we would be doers of what is being communicated. Not just hearers of your word, God, but doers. Not just hearers of communication. Not just hearers of expectation. But we would be selfless. And we would do what the other person needs. That we wouldn't put our own self-interest first, like it says in Philippians. But we would put the interest of others ahead of our own. Lord, I pray move. And I pray there would be a transformation in relationships in this place, that there would be clarity to our communication and follow through to that clarity. In Jesus' name, I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Justin, you know what? I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. This morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, uh, man, I'm just not where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I need to recommit my life. I need to just come back home. When I count to three, if that's either one of those things or you, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. Man, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. We're just going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life and your eternity. Don't you miss this moment. One, two, three. Is there anyone here this morning? You say, yeah, I'm here. There's two. There's three. There's four. There's five. Is there anyone else? Yeah, there's six. Is there anyone else? Yeah, I see you in the back. There's seven. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. I want to join these seven hands that are lifted before I go any further in service. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. I see you. There's eight. Yeah, one more. There's nine. Is there anyone else? You join these hands that are being lifted and you say, Justin, man, that's me. I need to come back home. I need to get her. I see it in the very back. Yeah, I see you over here. Is there anyone else? You join these 11 hands that are raised before we go any further in service. You say, man, that, that's me, man. Don't let this moment pass you by. You say, Justin, that's me. And you join these 11 hands that are lifted across this place. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? If you raised your hand, even if I missed you, man, God didn't. He sees your hands and he's about to change your heart. If you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned and that I have messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I ask that your grace, your love, your forgiveness would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.